Give someone a high five and take a seat. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have some church today. I'm excited. I think today's going to be a good day. Um, I think the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. So we will be glad and we will rejoice in it. And I don't know where you're at today or what you're going through, but I want you to know that this is a good day. The Bible says that his mercies are new every single day. And I like what Kevin was saying earlier that, hey, the enemy has probably been barking at you, saying, well, look what you did this week or look what you did yesterday. But can I tell you that today is a new day, that today his mercies for your life, his grace for your life, his plan for your life today is, can be renewed and refreshed and you can leave here on track for what God has for your life today. And I pray today that that would be what would happen is that we would leave here fixed on him and not our circumstances and ready to take on whatever comes our way because we know, uh, I don't know about you, but I've read the end of the book, the last page of the Bible, and we win. So it's a good day. It's going to be a good day. So I'm excited. Um, my name is Steven, and uh, I, I would introduce to you my new wife, but she's not here today. Um, it sucks for you guys, but uh, um, I'll get to see her later. <laughs> And uh, I tell you what, we're going to do a marriage seminar today, um, talk to you guys about everything I've learned over the last seven days, and, um, but I kind of feel like we should go a different direction, and we might hit on that in a couple months or something like that, but uh, um, I'm excited. I want to read you guys uh, a piece of scripture real quick to kind of set the day up, and uh, it's in Luke chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, I'm going to read it out of the message. And it says, by this time the crowd, unwildly and stepping on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. That's a lot of people. It says, but Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you do not get contaminated with the Pharisee yeast or Pharisee phoniness. I really like that. The Pharisee phoniness. And basically the Pharisees and this time, Jesus loved to ruffle their feathers up. He loved to throw a wrench in their plans. And uh, the Pharisees were a group of people who um, basically they were the preachers or the priests of that day. And, and, and they would wear these robes and on their robes there were tassels. And each tassel represented one of God's commandments that they have dedicated their life to keeping holy and 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 I'm you know I read the Bible there's 10 commandments but I'm I'm very positive they didn't only have 10 tassels they were full of tassels and it was basically a way to say look at me I'm better I'm more holy I'm more righteous I'm better than you are and Jesus is looking at his disciples and he's saying please 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 don't get contaminated with this phoniness of Christian don't get super good at being a Christian don't get to this place where you're slick and you're, you're a professional at being holy. And I really like that. I think a lot of times in our world that we come in here with this phony Christian attitude, especially on Sundays, especially on the weekends when we show up to church and, man, I'm doing really good. Life is great. And Jesus is begging, please don't get like this. And he continues and he says, you can not keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you will be exposed. And he says, you can't hide behind a religious mask forever. 
Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day is coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. I'd like to do something today a little bit different. I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your head. Wherever you're at, please, every eye closed and every head bowed, please. And I want to ask you a question. If you're here today and there's an area of your life where maybe you have a struggle, it doesn't have to be huge, it doesn't have to be life-threatening, but maybe there's an area in your life where you would love if God would move in that specific place. And it could be health, it could be finances, maybe it's pride, maybe it's lust, maybe it's selfishness or anger. But if you're here today and there's, or maybe when you read the Bible and it says, hey, great peace have those who love thy law, and you read that and you say, I want that, but my life is so chaotic right now. Or, or maybe you read the place where the Bible says that we are a holy people set apart, and you think about your life, and I just, my life just doesn't line up with what the Bible says. And there's an area of your life where if you could have it, God would move, and it would help you get better if, if you're here. And basically, if you're here and you're not perfect, please, every eye closed, every head bowed, if, if that's you, would you just lift your hand in the air for me right now, wherever you're at, please, every eye closed, head bowed, if you're here. And man, if God moved in your life today, you would embrace it and love it. If you, please, if you're here, keep your hands up, wherever you're at, every eyes closed and every head bowed. And what I'm going to have you do, please keep your eyes closed and keep your heads bowed. But if your hand is raised, would you just stand straight up wherever you're at? Please keep your eyes closed. Just stand straight up wherever you're at. And if you're standing, would you just open your eyes and look around for a second? See, here's what I think is that in this moment right here, See, Jesus was talking to his disciples about a religious mask. Please don't wear this mask showing people in public that you are one thing, but in private you're really something else. And I think in this moment, what we're doing here as a body is we're taking our religious mask off and showing that I don't have it all together. Hey, I indeed am standing here with you, and I struggle, but it's okay, because we preach that together we're better, Amen. and that if you would look around and realize that you're not in this alone, that you're not doing this life on your own, that there's people here who also struggle, who are also making their way and working their way through this thing we call Christianity, and I think in this moment, when we stand here and we re remove our mask, it allows us to be able to receive what God wants to do in our hearts today. Because you're not trying to pretend to be something that you're not. You don't have to pretend in this place. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be perfect. We want you right where you're at.
and right where you're going through because that's how God wants us. Would you just, if you're comfortable, lift a hand in the air for me? I'm just going to pray. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing here. I thank you for every person that's standing here today. God, I thank you that we don't have to pretend anymore, that we don't have to project this image of something that we're actually not. God, I thank you that in today's service that you could move in our hearts and in our lives because we're revealing who we truly are today. We're revealing our true identity. And God, that is a person who needs more of you. God, I pray today that you would move like you never have before. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You guys, give someone a high five and take a seat. I'm excited for church, you guys. Yeah. I really am. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's a different atmosphere in here. I feel like in that moment, it just shifted. And it's like God can really work today, and I really want him to. And I'm really excited for what he's going to do. And you know that scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And, you know, he's, he's basically saying, please don't get slick at being a Christian. And, and uh, you know, I feel like a lot of times we try and fall into that. Or maybe it's just me, but we fall into that place where i got to be really good at being a Christ follower. And, and, and I would encourage you, please don't ever stop trying to be better. Please don't ever stop trying to get farther and grow. But I also want to encourage you, please don't ever try to act like you have it all together. Because in those moments where you act like you have it all together, you, don't, you basically block God from moving in your life. You're basically saying, I don't need you. And that's what the Pharisees really live their life as is, a people who do not need God because they are so holy, they are so great, they are so good. And, and, and I honestly believe that Jesus, he liked people who were a little rough around the edges. I think that's why he picked the 12 people that he picked to be his disciples is because he knew that they weren't good, they weren't versed, they weren't uh, perfect. And, you know, people like Peter, and we always see him sticking his foot in his mouth, but I think that's why Jesus picked him is because Peter was a, hey, what you see is what you get kind of guy. And I think Jesus likes those people, and so that's why he chose to have them be around him. And I don't know about you, I work with the youth ministry here, and some of my favorite people to deal with are the ones who have never been in church before. Their families don't go here. They're, they've been invited by a friend, usually a girl, and so they show up, and, 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 and the service happens, and God moves in their life, and and you get to talk to them afterwards, and you're like, man, how was it? What was, it was good. And, and they begin to describe to you how amazing it was, but in their own language, which is usually filled with some curse words. And, and you're just kind of like taken back for a second, like, okay, yeah. Like, but that to me is one of the coolest things because it's so real and it's so raw. Like, man, God really beep, beep, moved in my life. And you're like, yes, yes, he did. And he's going to keep moving. And, and, it's, and, and I think Jesus likes those kind of people. And I'm not saying that we should start cussing. <laughs> but what I am saying is that it might be refreshing if we remove the religious mask more than just once a week. You might find that there's people that you work with that would be more drawn in to receiving what you have, what God has placed in your, the giftings and talents that he's put in you that they might be more apt to receive those if you would remove the religious mask and say, no, I don't have it all together either. That's why this is so great. That's why God's grace is so amazing. And 
His love is so powerful is because imperfect people are the ones he's after. And I love that today we started the service off removing our religious mask. But I want to hit on some other masks that we might wear in our daily lives and some other masks that we put on as humans because of the things that have happened in our life or trials that we've been through, experiences that we've had. And so the first mask that I think some of us wear is the mask called success. And when I think of success, I think of Tony Stark. If you've never seen the movie, you should, because he is what our world describes as successful. Money, fame, power, he's got it all. And a lot of people who wear this mask, they're always smarter than you, they're always better than you, their paycheck is who they are, they throw their money around. A lot of these people, the people who are successful, they usually are the ones that have the better story than everybody else. I don't know if you've ever experienced someone like this where someone's telling a story about the, an amazing vacation they just had and as soon as they get done down the row, someone's like, oh, that's nothing. You should have seen my vacation and you're just sitting there wishing that you could just reach over and grab their neck and just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until you can't squeeze anymore. Maybe this is just me, I don't know, but this is the mask of success. I'm smarter, I'm better, and I think there's some people in here who wear this mask on a daily basis. Then we also have, which is one of my favorites, this is the mask of hero. And this one fits me really well. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm Batman. But I am going to say that you've never seen me and him in the same room before. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. But this is the mask of hero. And the heroes, they, they want to be strong. And they want to be brave. And there's no problem big enough that they can't solve. Even if it is too big for them. And they're the ones that's always inserting themselves into your situation and they actually have no background in the, the issue at hand, but they are going to let you know that they can save the day. And these people want to be the star. They want to be the, the person in the spotlight. And this person is the hero. Everything that they do and everything that they are, they wear this mask and they try to be something that in reality they're really not. But we're going to try anyways, and we're going to put this mask on and try and be the hero, Okay. That is the mask of the hero. This mask is the mask of a clone. Now this mask is the one who says, I just have to have what they have. I just have to be what they have or be what they are. This mask is the, the comparison mask, and we see it today a lot on social media, and what's funny is on social media, nobody ever posts the pictures that don't look good. They only post the pictures that do look good, and 
So we get a false sense of reality, but we have to have that. We, we think that, that someone else's highlight story has to be our behind the scenes. We have to have what they have, be what they are, make what they make. And, you know, I, in, uh, in middle school, we had this neighbor, and he was such a gifted, like, he could ride dirt bikes, he could skateboard, he could ride bikes, like BMX bikes, he could rollerblade, he could snowboard. He was everything that I wanted to be in a young man in middle school. And I remember seeing all the stuff that he had, and we wanted it so bad, and we got BMX bikes, because he had a BMX bike, and I'm sure at one point I asked for inline roller blades, not skates, but I need the blades, because the cool ones, that I need those, and, and, and we had to have everything that he had, and I, I remember not asking my parents, because they didn't say yes a lot of times, but my grandma, she always said yes, and I go, Grandma, please, can, can you take me to go get the, the shoes, the skate shoes that I want, and please, and I think I ended up with a pair of audios, I think is what they were at the time, they were so cool, they, the coolest skate shoes you could have, and I remember begging for a pair of etnies with the different colored laces in them, and, and you did the laces so that they all went one way, they never crossed, it was so cool to have laces that never crossed and just went one way, and and, and I had to have the big Vans uh, sweater and, and the backpack that could hold my skateboard. I've never skateboarded in my life. I've only broken wrists skateboarding. But, but I had to have the backpack that, that fit my skateboard in it. And, and I remember trying to, you know, you know, that one, the first Halloween that I ever went trick-or-treating was in seventh grade. And uh, I remember I was a BMX biker. That's what me and my next-door neighbor, we were both BMX bikers. And I borrowed his bike. And... And uh, we, we were geared up. It was really cool. And we're going to go uh, bike around all the neighborhoods and get as much candy in a record amount of time. And we, we, we got to this one neighborhood. And, and, and the neighborhood had these huge driveways, really steep hills and, I mean, big houses. And someone said, that house up there at the top of the hill, that's where the king-size candy bars are. And it was like, it's on. We have to make it up there. We couldn't ride our bikes up that kind of a hill because that's too much work. So we walked them up. And, and guess what? King-size candy bars were up there, and we got them. And the only way down was not, you don't walk your bike down. You, you ride it down. And, and my friend gave me the bike that didn't have brakes, but it was okay because you just put your skateboard shoes on the ground as you went down, and it, it slowed you down. And, and uh, so we got on the bikes, and we started going down, and my, my feet didn't go as they didn't stop me as soon as I want to, and so whoo, I just passed my buddy, and his bike had brakes. But anyways, I get out into a cul-de-sac, and I can't stop, so I fling out into the street. A car swerves to miss me. I swerve to miss it, hit a curb, fall over, break my wrist, get in a car with a stranger, go to their house. My parents come pick me up. It's a big ordeal. But I got the king-size candy bar. And <coughs> you know, a lot of times, trying to be people that we're not, gets us into situations that we don't want to be in. This is the mask of a clone. Have to have what you have, be what you are, make what you make. Then we have the mask that everything's okay. Everything is good. You know, these are the people when 
We come to church, and you say, hey, how are you doing? They say, oh, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. <laughs> and you're like, what does that mean? No, really, what does that mean? Did you know the person who said that was the Virgin Mary? You're telling me that you're in the same category as her? I don't think so. But everything's good. This is the person who I will not admit that everything really isn't good. I will not admit that, you know, the kids really aren't doing as good as they should be or my marriage really is starting to struggle. But, but no, everything's good. I'm blessed. No, I'm all smiles, but on the inside, I'm broken, and I'm crying, and I'm hurting. How many of us wear this mask? Usually on Sundays. Usually when we show up to church, because everything's good. If we can just smile through the service, then we can fix our life when we get home today. How many of us wear the mask, everything is good? Then there's the mask. I'm going to do my TJ impression. <laughs> this is the mask of fear. How many know people that wear a mask and everything they do is based off of a fear? Their relationships based off of a fear of commitment. They're afraid to get close, so they push people away. Every decision they make is based off of a fear of failure. What happens if I don't make it? What happens if they don't like me? What happens if I succeed? There's people who are afraid of success. And fear, as we know, is a very controlling manipulative tool of the enemy. But a lot of people know someone who wears a mask. They're afraid. Fear controls their life. Then there's the mask. Of sex appeal. <laughs> I'm married now. <laughs> yeah. I told Bree yesterday that I now know what my dad means when he stops and says, we could just stop here and close, <laughs> go home and everything would be okay. <laughs> This is the mask of sex appeal. And we see it a lot with women. I don't know if you've ever seen a group of women try and take a selfie. It is the most acrobatic, flexible thing I've ever seen. We see this a lot. Shorter shirts, higher skirts, 
because we're begging for acceptance. We're pleading for someone to love us, fill a hole in our life. And it's not just women. It's also guys. Just, it doesn't have to be breasts, but it could be biceps. It could be my stature, my success. Begging for acceptance for someone to love me, for someone to want me. And we get it 50 shades of gray at a time. And what's sad is it begins to bleed down into our culture. The lower and the lower and the younger and the younger. And you know, we started a series in our youth called Swipe Right. And if you're not familiar with that, it's an app, dating app. Uh, one person, they did a study on Swipe, the, the, the app called Tinder. And one college student said, Tinder has made it easier to hook up with someone than getting an Uber to take me to my place of work. And here's what I'm, just a little plug I want to put in there for the parents with young teenagers and students, that if you don't know what they're looking at, you're, you might be behind. Because it's, it's not if they see something, it's the fact that they're already seeing it. And, 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 and please, it's not like when you were a kid. I'm, I'm sorry, but it is so much bigger than, than the old days. And I need you to help protect those students. And, and, and here's the thing. It's not keeping them from the world. It's getting them prepared for the world. It's, it's positioning them to win and succeed for when that comes, for when it hits them, because if it hasn't, it's on its way. A lot of us wear the mask of sex appeal, longing for acceptance and love and being valued. And then there's the mask, and it's the last one, and it's the scariest because I can't see out of it. <laughs> but it's the mask of anything for a laugh. <laughs> See what I mean? Because <laughs> what's funnier than a dog face on me? I don't know. And this person who wears this mask, it's, it's basically because they're lonely. It's basically because they, they, they need to, be, to feel like they've been accepted, like they're welcome, like they're a part of something. And, and I've been in this mask a lot of my life because I'm, I've never been super good at sports like I've been all right but never like the star and I've never been like extremely good looking um I, it's just not nobody said amen so that's good but um <laughs> but so to put this mask on of I can be funny and a lot of times in this mask the people who wear this they say things even at other people's expense just to get a laugh. They hurt other people to get a laugh, but it's only because they're actually hurting inside, only because of their own insecurities. And a lot of these masks, if not all of them, are because of our own insecurities. A lot of the times that we wear these masks is because we don't feel like we are good enough. We don't feel like if people knew 
who I truly was, they wouldn't accept me. They would probably kick me out of my grow group, you know, if people knew what I was really struggling with. And I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, why do we resort to a mask? Why do we feel the need to put something on every single day? And the answer is because we don't feel like we are sufficient enough. And if we dive a little bit deeper, we don't feel like God knew what he was doing when he created us. God is not enough. And I feel like if my message had a one-liner, it would be when we put a mask on, we mask ourselves off from God's blessing. When we wear a mask, we actually put ourselves in a position to not be able to receive what God wants to do in our life. You know, lately, Pastor Tom's been preaching about how our lives are like a field. And in this field, we have treasures, and it's our job to uncover, to take the mask off, to uncover these hidden treasures that God has placed in our lives, and that takes work because everybody's got dirt. And we got to dig and take these time to, to better ourselves and uncover these treasures. And we all know the person who's really good at uncovering their treasure. They're always the hardest workers, and they're out there. They're, they're, they're the best ex excavators, and they're basically Bob the Builder and just always showing people how good they are at getting their stuff undone and finding their blessings and being great and only to find out that they've been digging in somebody else's field. We see it a lot in church. Wearing these masks. Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but you've been digging in somebody else's field. You know, it reminds me, one preacher says, God can't bless who we pretend to be. God can't bless who we pretend to be. It reminds me of a story in Genesis, the story of Jacob and Esau. And there's some backstory on Jacob. I'm going to read you a, a verse to, to get us set up, and it's in Genesis 32, verse 22. It says, During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, and Pastor Tom will hit on that next week, um, and his two female slaves. Someone's like, man, I like this church. And his 11 sons, and they crossed the ford of Jabbok, and it says he took them and sent them across the stream along with all of his possessions, and Jacob was left alone. And I believe God can do some of his best work when we're alone with him. And he says, a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And a lot of people believe that that man is a type and shadow of Christ or Jesus. And so basically, Jacob is left alone and he's wrestling with God. And it says, when the man saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he struck Jacob's hip as they wrestled and dislocated his hip socket. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked Jacob. He said, Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. It's a little weird that they wrestled all night and they've never introduced themselves. The backstory on Jacob is, this is not the first time we see him wrestling. When he was a baby, the Bible says that he was wrestling in his mother's womb. And 
He was a twin, and when they were born, Esau came out first, and Jacob was holding the heel of his older brother as they came out. And Esau was covered with red hair, so they named him Esau, which means red hair. And they named the second one Jacob because Jacob means heel grabber. Yeah. And they actually live up to their names. Like Esau was a very manly man, hunter, gatherer, protector. Jacob was more of the kind-hearted, I'll stay at home and cook with my mom. Uh, Esau shopped at Cabela's. Jacob shopped at Nordstrom's. Like they're just a little bit different of people, but, but... Jacob also means, is heel grabber, but it means deceiver or backstabber. And, and we see this a lot throughout their lives where Jacob, uh, you, you know, the, the first time he, he cheated his brother, his brother comes in from a hunting trip and is to the point of starvation. And he says, hey, I'll, I'll give you a bowl of soup if you sell me your birthright. And cheated his brother out of uh, a possession that was rightfully his. And really it, was, it wasn't a good deal, but... But the, the point I want to key in on is the, the moment when, when, when Jacob overheard his dad and Esau talking about giving Esau the blessing. Because Esau was the firstborn, he was, he was inherited. He got to have the possessions, but he also got the position, and, 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 and Jacob wanted that. And so Jacob and his mom come up with a plan, and they cover him in a mask of Esau. He puts on all of Esau's clothes and makes himself look like Esau, and they make the stew and takes it into his dad and says, here, I got your stew. You can bless me now. And his dad says, who are you? He says, it's me, Esau. And the long story short is he got blessed. He stole the blessing from his brother, and his brother comes home right about that time and basically says, listen, as soon as dad dies, I'm going to mourn over his loss, but then I'm going to spend my life trying to kill you. And Jacob, the Bible says, is put on the run for 21 years. He puts a mask on, and he gets blessed as somebody that he's not. And the question is, how good is the blessing if it puts you on the run? How good is the blessing if you can't stay in the house? How often do we want something that's not ours, that doesn't belong to us, and then once we get it, we we don't even want it anymore? How often do we put a mask on and pretend to be something that we're not, and then get what we deserve, and then realize that we're in the wrong, we shouldn't be here, This this isn't what I wanted, this isn't what I deserved. And it says that he finds himself running for his life. He sends his family across the river and begins to stay and begins to wrestle with God. And You know, the scriptures tell us that uh, Jacob was 76 years old when he left for his life, when he stole the blessing. In 21 years on the run, I got this wrong last night, but I'm going to get it right today. That puts him at 97 years old when he's wrestling with God. First of all, if you're 76 years old and living with your parents, 
we should talk. <laughs> There's help. <laughs> Second of all, no wonder his hip went out, right? Like, he is 97. <laughs> but what I see here is, I think you can safely say that you're, you've begun to find yourself, discover yourself, when you hold on to God, even when it's easier to let go. That you wrestle through the pain, even when it would be easier to step away. And see, a lot of us struggle with who we really are. With taking the mask off and saying, this is me. But here is an amazing example of what God can do in your life when you take the mask and reveal yourself. See, 21 years ago, he's in a position, and his dad says, who are you? He says, I'm Esau. This is who I want to be. This is who I wish I was. We all have that person, the person that we want to be, who we wish we were. Like, if you met that Stephen, the Stephen who, who I want to be one day, like, he's an amazing guy. No, like, you don't, under, you, would, you would vote for him for president. Like, he is so kind, but yet he's, he's disciplined. You know, the future Stephen, he's, he's soft-hearted, but he gets stuff done. He's, he, he has a six-pack, but can enjoy a nice dessert in a social setting. Like, the future Stephen is amazing. And there's this person that we want to be, so we project this image. Look at me. Life is great. I got it all together. I don't struggle. I don't have things I'm going through. But yet we find ourselves on the run most of our lives. But what I love is in this moment we see Jacob wrestling with God and he's in the same position. And God says, who are you? And instead of saying Esau and getting blessed as Esau, he takes his mask off and he says, I'm Jacob. I'm the deceiver. I'm the backstabber. I'm the liar. I'm the cheat. This is who I am. This is what I struggle with. This is the real me. And in that moment, the Bible says that Jacob was blessed there. Can you throw up verse 28 for me? And God says, your name will no longer be Jacob. He said, it will be Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. See, I believe that it's in our struggles that God reveals his purpose. It's in our mistake that God 
brings forth a miracle. Your name is no longer Jacob, which means deceiver, liar, cheater. But your name is Israel, which means triumphant with God. See, Jacob is who I am. But Israel is who he is through me. And right now, you might be in here, and you might have been getting the blessing of someone that you're not. And actually thinking that you are blessed. And actually thinking that God is working. And actually being so deceived. But today, you can take the mask off. Today, in this safe place, you can reveal who you really are. And you can stop living a lie and stop living based off of your circumstances and stop living based off of your failures and start living based off of who he is in you. I don't know who you are or where you're at, but this is a safe place. God is here. And today you can take the mask off, whatever it may be. And I believe today that you can meet your purpose. Today you can meet your future. Not the one you've thought up, but the one that God has dreamt about. Would everybody close your eyes and bow your heads? Wherever you're at, if you've been living your life through the lens of a mask, whichever one it might be, or multiple at a time, it can be so confusing what day, what mask, who am I going to be around these people? But if you're here in any of this touched your heart or any of this your spirit responded to and today you want to leave here with the mask off. Today you want to reveal your true identity to God. Because the thing is you can fool other people but you'll never fool yourself. And you'll never fool your God. But today could be the day that we take it off and allow God to show us who he's called us to be. And if that's you and you want that, Stephen, I don't want to live this pretend life. I don't want to pretend to be, have it all together, pretend to be great, pretend to be good. But today I want to lift my hand and Allow God to show me and begin to work in me. If that's you, would you just lift your hand wherever you're at? That's so cool. I love it. Hands all over the room. It's cool. Just keep them up for me. Please, just lift your hand in the air. God, just thank you right now for the people whose hands are lifted. The people who are brave enough to be vulnerable. The people who are strong enough to say, I don't have it all together. God, I thank you for these people that they don't have to live a life based off of past mistakes. They don't have to live a life based off of past fears. 
God, they don't have to live a life anymore based off of what the world and society says they should be, but today they can begin to walk in the, the life that you have dreamt for them, the future that you have desired for them. But God, today they would realize that they are no longer Jacob, but today they are Israel. Today they are triumphant. Today they are victorious. That today starts a life of living from victory to victory, from glory to glory because of who you are and what you did on the cross for us. God, I thank you that these people are leaving here knowing who they are in you. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed still, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, and this is so important to, to take in the mask off is seeing who He is in your life. And if you're here and you've never prayed that prayer, or maybe you just need to know for a fact that when I leave this room, my life is right with God. If that's you and you want to make this prayer your prayer, today you want to leave here in a real relationship with God, would you just lift your hand in the air for me right now, wherever you're at? Thank you, 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 thank you. Keep your eyes closed, please. thing is, it can be hard sometimes to lift your hand and say, I need this because the mask has been on for so long. But my prayer is that if you're out there and, and there's any inkling on the inside that I need to get this mask off, I need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, and there's, would you please just lift your hand for me right now? If there's, if there's anybody else, please, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would everybody repeat this after me? Say, God, I love you. And I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, make me new, and I choose to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, could we give a round of applause for the people who made that life decision today?